Good morning, this is Mark Johnson from Old Glory 360. I hope everyone's happy, safe, and well on this lovely Friday afternoon. I think it's afternoon. I wanted to welcome you back to another edition of Loyalty Live. Sorry, it's been a week. We've had an edition, but uh, lots of things going on, but good stuff. Uh, get our cadence back. Uh, and starting off with uh, our, our great friend, Carlos Dunlop, who's the Vice President of Loyalty Solutions for Claris Commerce. How are you, Carlos? I'm great, Mark. I'm doing real good. Thank you. How about you? I'm uh, doing well, thank you. Uh, sure. For those who may be new, uh, tuning in for the first time, uh, Loyalty Live is a series uh, where we talk to the leaders in customer channel and brand loyalty about the technology trends and best practices that impact a brand's ability to drive unique experiences and, most importantly, customer loyalty. So uh, we are very privileged to have Carlos, who's a, an expert uh, in the industry, been around for a long time, known him for a, quite a while. Um, so, uh, Carlos, how are you today again? Yeah, man, I'm doing good. I mean, I'm uh, pretty excited. This has been a this has been a really good week um, in terms of just how things are progressing for us at Claris. Um, and um, you know, I can't get into some of the details of it, but let's just say that you know things are 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 finishing strong in 2020 um, and and making for a a what should be a, a fantastic 2021. And I, and I I hope that you know we. We serve a lot of, of, of retailers um, in our business, and you know we, we hope the same for for them as well for the retail industry. You know I'm sure they could use a boost and, and some hope and optimism uh, going through this holiday season and uh, into 21. Absolutely. Uh, first question we have for you today is uh, you know why is loyalty more difficult for retailers to maintain today than ever before? Choice, you know, choice. I mean, people have so many choices now, and and then with the pandemic, they have so much time. So you got choice, and you got time, and you have the internet at your disposal. Man, you can just shop for anything and everything, and and uh, in a matter of minutes, and and find options. Um, and so with, with that, uh, and and with the fact that people are, are looking to experience you know, brands differently experience, you know, change the way in which they, they shop for things or what they shop for. Um, it's tough to keep them. It really is tough to keep consumers coming back for more without a, a real compelling reason. Absolutely. What do you think consumers are expecting from loyalty programs uh, for the remainder of 2020 and going into in 21? And how's that involved maybe over the last couple of years and in, in, in just especially this year, how has that evolved? Yeah, I, I think that they they want value. They want value every time they shop. Um, and I think that, you know, again, with what we're dealing with with the pandemic and the lockdowns and and just the restrictions, uh, you know, they want it more now. They, and they're not willing to wait for it. Um, and I think a lot of that's been driven by the younger generations, you know, X's, Z's. Uh, wise, whatever the, the initials might be, uh, they just um, they want what they want, and they're willing to pay for it, uh, and they, they want it differently. And I think that's one of the reasons why subscription programs are are so much on the rise, and not just sorry, my dog's over here shaking. Uh, not just Netflix and and Spotify and HelloFresh, you know, and all the others, but you know, even Walmart Plus has jumped into the game, and 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 I think they've gotten. Uh, they, they've gotten the attention of a lot of uh, retailers out there in the space. Absolutely. Uh, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, uh, kind of the value that customers are seeing from premium loyalty programs, subscription loyalty programs. And what is it uh, that consumers value in these programs? 
Um, they they want a superior experience. Um, they want equity or, or cash back uh, that can be used on their next shopping trip. They they want it fast. You know, they want convenience. They want free shipping on every order. I mean, the fact, having to pay for shipping now is just so taboo. I mean, people just cringe at it. Um, you know, we did a uh, study earlier this year um, uh, in, in association with Walker Sands and found that, you know, 66% of consumers valued free shipping the most and 60% of them listed like instant discounts and cash back as their second most coveted thing. So, you know, you combine that along with some experiential benefits, some some softer benefits, things that provide more value and and consumers are, are just, you know, they're just eating it up. I mean, transactional benefits get people in the door. Um, and if they get a, a, a great value proposition, it makes them feel feel smart about their decision. But you add the experiential benefits on there and it just makes them then feel special and it just changes and enhances the relationship, you know, with the brand. Absolutely. So uh, you talked about some of the value they're expecting. You know, how should brands be more cognizant or why should brands be more cognizant of, you know, premium loyalty programs, power and motivating consumers? We talked about in the past some of the financial benefits, some of the kind of measurement uh, kind of, uh, opportunities they have. You know, how should brands uh, be more cognizant of a, of a premium program and what it can do for them? Yeah. Um, wow. It, it, it can do quite a bit. Um, you know, our own, you know, we have a, a client that we've worked with for a number of years and they did the analysis and shared with us and, 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 and found that for, they saw a 40% increase in purchase frequency and a 24 increase uh, 24% increase in annual spend uh, since working with us of what cons customers did prior to the premium program and since joining the premium program. So that's pretty huge. Um, an another thing, and, and if you don't want to just listen to what Claris has to say about it, McKinsey released the uh, findings of a study uh, back on October 22nd um, around how paid loyalty programs can bring consumers back to a brand. Uh, and it revealed that 35% of the United States consumers have, uh, you know, tried a new brand since the crisis began and are, 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 are um, you know, looking for other options. Um, and I think when you, when you put that in perspective, um, oh, I know one other thing that 77%, I'm sorry, ha have also tried new shopping behaviors, including new channels, stores and everything else. So when you you put that together with with what we're talking about, and it just shows that consumers that that brands rather have an opportunity now to really engage with consumers in a, in a completely different way, a better way, a deeper way, um, by providing them with what they want, uh, which is instant, immediate, you know, value, um, and and consumers are willing to pay for it, and that that's the opportunity for the brand. In fact, Walmart Plus. I mean, they launched what less than two months ago, and if they you know claimed at least a couple of weeks ago, even they claimed that they had eleven percent of Americans are already members of Walmart Plus, and that's a was like a ninety nine dollar or so uh, membership fee. I mean, just think about that. It's just, and I know everyone's not Walmart or Amazon, 
but brands all have their unique characteristics and their unique customer set uh, that they can provide uh, an appealing value prop that that will that if you don't want to kind of replace what you're doing, but want to add value to what you're doing, there, there are options out there. And that's why brands should consider it just to get back <laughs> to the question you asked. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, the, one of the things we see from our membership, the brands that we have, uh, is there is a challenge, you know, understanding the customers right now. People who may be engaged with the loyalty program may not be a traditional customer. Some of the behavior may not, may not be uh, in sync to what it was in the past. And there's kind of a fine balance of asking and, and kind of engaging, getting more zero-party data in this environment, too. And it's good to hear that that's obviously a kind of added, you know, something that's an advantage of having a premium program. Yeah, it's just... Yeah, you know, it's um, the, the relationships are, are, are just changing so much and consumers' behaviors and channels and, and desires are just, I mean, it's just things are quirky. And, and we talk about, you know, getting back to normal. I, I don't know what the new normal is going to be, but um, it won't be what it was. You know, it, it definitely won't be what it was. And if brands are looking to, to drive, well, one, to hold on to their customers, and then two, to drive, you know, um, a deeper relationship, to drive cross-category spend, to to appeal to new customers. They're, they're, they're going to need a, a, a new tool. They're going to need a, a, different, a different approach. Um, and it doesn't always have to be premium, premium, premium. You know, that's what we talk about. It's what we do. It's what we focus on at Claris. But it needs to be something that is a a something that changes the dynamic and and drives excitement and wants and makes a customer or consumer want to be closer to the brand. Absolutely. So you know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but how can you know traditional program and a premium program work together? Uh, you know, there's a number of great examples. Uh, I'm sure you referenced the theaters seem to do it pretty well um yeah, when things are going well for them yeah. right but, yeah. uh you know you, how can traditional and premium programs work together yeah um well it just you know a lot of programs are at least the, the good ones aren't just a static you know single layer uh simplistic uh program it, it's tiers it's segments you know there's those dynamic elements maybe it's differentiated one group from another so when you think about how premium plays on that, there's a there's usually a group of customers or, or members of a program who are elite, the top 10%, 20% or whatever, who do most of the spending or participation in a program. Those those consumers are, are the right kind of target who want a, maybe they want a better experience. Maybe they're willing to pay for a differentiated kind of experience, whether it's um, enhanced value proposition instead of getting one point per dollar or, you know, a penny per dollar spent, you know, they can get 10 cents per dollar spent if they pay a fee. And instead of just redeeming for a gift card or whatever it might be, maybe they want to instead um, take a trip to HQ when travel is good again to meet with a designer. Maybe there's a virtual symposium with the with the buyers that they can get uh that they can be a part of and understand the new fashion trends and or maybe they can meet with a stylist you know just those kinds of things that just change it up because not everybody necessarily has to have 
cashback or want cashback. Some people just want status, you know, and it's, um, you know, it, so those are the kinds of things that can be added on to a, a free program as a premium tier and you let people opt in. Or if there's a certain group you want to be in, you give them their first, you know, three months free or whatever it might be to experience the program. Um, it's, you know, th there's many ways of doing it. It doesn't have to be all or nothing. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, and I think that that's, that's what, you know, though, though that's the opportunity for brands to take that is now is the time consumers are willing to try new things. They're willing to be forgiving, even if it doesn't work. Right. Um, so now is the time to take that, that not even a risk, but, but to take advantage of the opportunity. Excellent. You know, you kind of talked a little bit, uh, kind of understanding the customers, you know, how can brands be more proactive about showing the value and, and kind of upgrading them into a premium program? And, and how do they even communicate that to the customer? Yeah, it's, um, well, again, we've been doing this for almost 20 years now. So it's kind of ingrained in us. And we think of it as like, a, you know, kind of obvious, not a, not a duh, but it's just a way of doing it. Um, but, you know, it, it has to be, it has to be clear. It has to be a no-brainer kind of decision. It has to be communicated in a way that that uh, the the consumer thinks, okay, they do the mental math, you know, and they say, oh man, if I do this, I'm automatically going to get my, you know, the money I paid to be a part of this program. I'm going to automatically get that back, you know, uh, just by joining. I mean, the, the 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 join offer has to be has to be um, has to be obvious and and valuable. Um, other ways, you know, you can show them, don't just tell them, show them, you know, a calculator or a video, whatever it might be to show, Hey, this is the value of this program because once they realize the value and of course the value has to be real, um, they, they, you know, they'll join, they'll at least try it. And that's what a lot of brands are, you know, uh, packaged goods companies or whatever else, you know, that's, that's what they want. They want to get that trial. And once you, they get the trial, then it's upon the brand to deliver the right experience to get the, the consumer to come back a second time, you know, for a repeat purchase or repeat visit. You know, okay. but the trial is, 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 the, is the major hurdle. Okay. So how can brands uh, be more uh, proactive to kind of show that value, but also to, to motivate members to get involved in the program and, in, and even to be evangelists, right? Because I think one of the things you've talked about in the past is, you know, premium programs, since there's kind of that uh, buy-in, you have to truly engage to pay to be part of the program, right? To be willing to uh, kind of put up some uh, kind of uh, cash or investment initially. There's a kind of a different level of engagement there. How do you kind of get that to where they're being evangelists, right? Where they're proselytizing for the brand? Well, yeah. First things first is they have to find value in it, right? I mean, so the... You know, the, the program and the brand has to ensure that the, the program is valuable enough that the, the member not only joins, but wants to stay and wants to engage in it and, and really reap the rewards of being a, a premium uh, program member. Uh, you know, obviously communications and, uh, you know, those, that's important to, to keep them aware and remind them of the benefits, you know always optimizing the program, creating, adding dynamic elements and excitement uh, to ensure that the program stays meaningful, relevant, you know, and interesting. So you do all those things. And if you do all those things right, then you might have the opportunity, you know, especially with, 
we're providing some unique opportunities and, and, um, and experiences to the members, you might have the opportunity to get them to become an evangelist for you. Um, so yeah, there, there's work to be done. You can't just say, Hey, join my program. Now refer me some friends and family members. Cause it doesn't work that way. You know, you have to earn the right to be referred. And, 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 um, but one of the things that we did find though, is that, you know, in the study again, that we did earlier this year, uh, 2020 data study with Walker Sands is that, um, 89% of the respondents to the data study said they would recommend a retailer, uh, to family or friends. If the, if, the premium program uh, provided uh, the value and the benefits that that it that it promised. So it's you know it's important and and that's that's really true loyalty. I mean that's really the the holy grail that that we marketers are looking for uh, to have someone who finds our our product or services so valuable that they're willing to to tell their friends and family about it. Okay. So you mentioned that in uh, in earlier that 88% of the respondents were likely to choose a retailer which had a membership program, which had a subscription or premium program uh, over a competitor that's uh, kind of offering a lower price. You know, why such a high percentage and, and why do you think that is? Yeah, I, um, I, when, a, when a customer loves a brand, um, I mean, some brands people shop at, but some brands people love. I mean, you know, you might... Um, you know, sometimes there's some people that cars are cars, but, you know, a, a BMW or a Mercedes or a Tesla or, you know, Cadillac, whatever is. You know, or F-150, uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a jam, you know. Me, I'm a, I'm a GMC guy. I'm a Yukon guy. I'm on Yukon number three. There you, you go. Know, I, just, I just love those things. They work for me. They fit me. I fit them. It works out well. Um, so, I mean, that, that's my kind of thing. I mean, Harley-Davidson, people want to tattoo you know, Harley Davidson on their bodies. I, I don't get it, but you know, that's, it is what it is. But when the customer loves a brand and has a rewarding and, and reciprocal relationship with that brand, it's kind of always top of mind. Um, and then when you add in the premium element, um, that makes it an even better experience, a superior experience, better value proposition, more benefits, more access. Um, and the fact that, you know, mentally there's that thing too. If I'm paying for it, I want to prove that it's worth it. And so I'm going to tell people about it, you know, so there's all that that goes into it. And that's, that's probably why that so many, um, you know, high, such a high percentage of, of premium loyalty members are willing to, to be evangelist. Okay. One of the things I read in the paper as well, that millennials are the ones that uh, brands should be considering or kind of looking out for with regard to premium or subscription programs. Why is that? I mean, these guys are a couple of things. One, they want instant gratification. I mean, as we know, I mean, we know our, our kids, you know, they're, they're not accustomed to waiting around for things. They're not the most patient group. And, uh, you know, and they, they, they have access to so much information that they know that things could happen differently, better, quicker, you know. So, yeah, so that, that's, uh, that's one reason. And they have a lot of buying power. I mean, you know, they have a, a tremendous amount of buying power. Um, in fact, when we, um, again, in the survey, 74% of the millennial responders said they plan to join another loyalty program and get another subscription service. I mean, they eat up subscription services. I mean, I think, um, between my girls, I mean, they're, they're in Disney, they've got, uh, Hulu, they've got, uh, Disney plus they've got, um, you know, they're, um, you know, um, 
you know, they've got all manner of subscriptions with the boxes and all these other things. And they just, that that's, again, that's just their thing. Uh, they want to pay for the things they really value and, and cause they want to get instant access and they want it to be exactly like they want it. Okay. So millennials. Yeah. Millennials, uh, they kind of, they kind of, they, they're driving it, but they're not the only ones. We, we old folks are doing things differently too and, and subscribing to things and paying for services that we didn't traditionally pay for. Absolutely. Uh, I think the survey, as you mentioned, it was conducted uh, at the onset of the pandemic, mm-hmm. pandemic should I say. Um, with that backdrop, you know, how do you think things may have changed with regard to uh, some things respondents may have said or would be saying now if, if you were to do the survey at this point in time? Yeah, I think, I mean, I think the numbers might even be more extreme. I mean, we, you know, you heard from some of the numbers uh, that, that I shared with you earlier. I, I think that, you know, um, that COVID has made, um, made these decisions or these, these opinions of uh, more, more drastic. The, um, one of the things that we saw as we originally hit the, the lockdown period back, you know, starting in March, but April, May, June, July, our, our clients um, program enrollment velocity increased tremendously, 20%, 30%. You know, uh, it, it was just amazing all the way through July. And then it started to level out and come back down a little bit. Um, but still year over year, uh, it's higher than it was, you know, in 2019, uh, because, you know, it's just a, a, a new world. It's just kind of a new world order. And, um, and I think if we had, if we take the survey or do the survey again, if we had done it in the midst of that, we would have seen some, some crazy numbers that we would, we would have been hard pressed to try to explain. But I think one of the things that, that we also have seen is that there's still been an onslaught of new premium or subscription programs that people wanted to be a part of. And I think one of the things that really now has caught people's attention, uh, which it's not like we didn't know it, but Walmart plus coming out in September and having the amazing numbers that they have. Uh, and um, I just don't think there's um, I don't think that we're going to go back from there, from this. I, I think that if, if a brand isn't looking, looking for the option or how to incorporate the option or test a premium loyalty program, uh, they're probably missing out. Okay. And the last question I have for you is if uh, a, a brand is considering launching a premium loyalty program or adding that to their current loyalty offering, you know, what is one mistake they may be making or even a better question, what is one thing they should be considering when looking to do that, yeah. Um, well, there's a there's a lot to it. Um, it. It you know we didn't start off knowing all that we know about premium loyalty programs, especially the the billing component, the monetization of the programs, how to make sure that the the revenues from the member fees are managed appropriately to cover the program administration and the platform and the rewards and everything else. I mean, there's there's an art to it. So um, there's, there's many things that, that they, you know, I don't know if there's one common thing, except, you know, do your due diligence, um, run the numbers, uh, make sure you have a solid hold of, of the numbers. 
because um, you know the value proposition has to be good enough to capture the attention and get members engaged and to keep them engaged. But if you know, it can't be too good where you're upside down and and um, the program is costing you you know more money than you can afford. Uh, the beautiful thing about it is in a in a premium program, if if done correctly. Is that it pays for itself if you know there's you know any amount of investment uh, much more quickly than a traditional program that a brand uh, may outlay hundreds of thousands of dollars or millions of dollars just to you know just to launch it. Right. So anyway, that, that's that's kind of my advice. Just do your due diligence. That's awesome. Well, I think this has uh, been very you know, informational. It was great to hear about uh, what you're seeing as we kind of wrap up uh, 2020 and also. Kind of the results of the survey, I think, were very interesting as well, especially for those uh, who are considering this. I know many of our brands are looking at ways to kind of change their program, uh, some of the restraints or constraints that they saw during COVID. So uh, hopefully this is something they consider and, and uh, uh, you know, use the, the market leader, which is uh, Claris Commerce, to help them uh, achieve that. Yeah, I mean, obviously we will not answer any questions, no pressure or anything to help people out. Um, and that's, you know, and I know we're wrapping up. Uh, our time is, is up. I, one of the things I, I would, um, one of the things I've kind of noticed, but I want to get your opinion on it, Mark, you, you talk to a lot of brands out there, is how do you think brands are approaching uh, this holiday season? It's, 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 it seems a bit different than any that I can recall in my professional life. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, constraint right now, concern. Uh, we have small side meetings usually once a week with marketers. Uh, we have 100 and some brands that are members right now. And, you know, they're, they're challenged. Uh, I think that they, they want to drive sales, but they want to have empathy. And I think I mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of people were seeing very high engagement at the top levels, whether it's from a shell to, uh, you know, uh, famous footwear. But some of them are, are, are challenged with regard to just understanding their customers and they want to have that empathy, right? They want to make sure that they're not pushing people to buy products or services that they may want or may not be able to afford. And I think another thing we're seeing too is, is there's a, a big challenge in kind of tier management, which is somewhat uh, kind of off topic. But, you know, if, if I have these uh, groups that have been, you know, in the top tier for the longest time and maybe they're not hitting that right now, why is that? And how do I get to understanding what those challenges are uh and then you know how do i do i do extend the tier for them a year going forward do i give them some uh, special program over two months where they have to buy a percentage of a of a, a product to engage and i think that's that's a big thing that they're really challenged with right now is just the communication cadence uh you know obviously personalization some things that you offer are very important but how do you do it in a you know, kind of very sublime and, and uh empathetic way is, is, is some things we're seeing yeah okay that's interesting. I appreciate that insight. Absolutely. Well, Carlos, it was great uh, talking to you as always. Uh, looking forward to catching up again and soon. And thanks for everyone for listening. And uh, tune in for our, our great session next week, but also the virtual event as well, Carlos. So yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> thanks again, everyone. Talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Mark. Talk to you soon.